when you start a business, taking a leap or risk on yourself can often be a risky but rewarding proposition. The only question which remains is, are you willing to deal with the consequences of failure? If even your best laid plans don't come to pass. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce reports that Americans who are looking to start or maintain a business don't go for it at a rate of 35% because of a fear of failure, according to the 2021 Annual Global National Survey commissioned by the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor. Barbara Deos is an acclaimed success coach and the author of True Love, True Self, A Journey to Self-Love. She's also an inspirational speaker. Her mission is to assist entrepreneurs, business owners, and individuals how to break through their fears, limitations, and negative mindsets to achieve optimal results in both their personal and professional lives. She helps people to rewrite their brains, to say goodbye to things such as procrastination, perfectionism, and and low self-esteem. She is the creator of two signature programs, including Act Your Way to Success and Your Genius Code Unlocked. For Barbara, you see, it's rather simple. She's interested in starting and helping you sustain conversations which will lead you to prosperity, and she joined me this week to tell me how we can all level up and live a more prosperous life and take control of the life we want to live. I know I'm excited to dive deep into this conversation, so without further delay, I'm Kevin McShan, let's have this conversation. to welcome you uh, to the program, and I'm delighted to engage in conversation with you about maximizing potential this afternoon. Great to see you, and thank you so very much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. Absolutely. Now, Barbara, I know your work is all about helping busy professionals and entrepreneurs and regular people sort of break 
through their limiting beliefs so that they can live the life they want uh, or intended to live. So uh, I'm wondering if you can tell me about your work and what makes you so fabulous. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, the work that I do really resulted from years and years and years in the entertainment business as a acting coach and director, producer, and writer, and uh, not even realizing at that time until I had a, a tragic event in my life. And that woke me up to understanding how to uh, discover more of my own self-worth and self-value. So when I was in the entertainment business, I was really under-earning. I didn't know my worth. I didn't know my value. And then I lost my husband suddenly two months before our 25th wedding anniversary and went on a journey of self-discovery and realized that I had been living most of my life seeking approval from the outside rather than really working from the inside and designing my own life. And so now I show people how to navigate through change because change is complicated. Sometimes it's a traumatic event and sometimes it's an ecstatic event. And sometimes it's making a committed decision to, you know, move into the scary zone, which I call getting outside the comfort zone because the comfort zone is the scary zone. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, Barbara, thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm curious to ask you, how do you uh, define the word resilience based on your own personal and professional experience? So what, what does resilience mean to you? Well, resilience is really the ability to make a decision and stay committed, find discipline, self-care, and get support and be surrounded with people who believe in your dreams, with people who believe in your potential, people who believe in your success, whether it's an accountability partner, a group of people, a coach that you work with, any of those will be very, very helpful. I'm working with a, a young girl right now who um, has brain cancer and she she's had it for 12 years and her resilience is just unbelievable it's, it's incredible to witness people you know really working with what might be a limitation or um an event that it has been you know really it could be like i said tragic or um something that stirs the pot and then you find within yourself i say to people you probably don't really know who you are and you never will until you find the parts of yourself you haven't yet met. And how do you find those parts? And it does take resiliency. It does take discipline. It does take focus. And the, the biggest results that I see people get is when they're highly focused, they have clarity, they aim in the direction of their dream, and then they, they don't take obstacles as failures, but they work with the lessons and grow from there. So it's a growth mindset. And it's also, you know, that that term you got to, you know, hang in and as Napoleon Hill says, you know, keep on keeping on. Yeah, absolutely. I know that helping people sort of rewrite their brains and really saying goodbye to uh, procrastination and really uh, the idea of perfectionism, because I, I think one of the 
beautiful things about life, Barbara, is that uh, we have to embrace our imperfections because uh, that makes the world a more um, wholesome and more diverse place. For example, Barbara, for me, you know, I was born with um, spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy, so I always, I always tell people that my portrait of success is different than uh, the normal. So tell me about really helping people uh, shift their mindsets, because it's important, isn't it? Because everyone's portrait or definition of success can be different, right? Absolutely. You know, the bottom line is uh, happiness, because I work with a lot of highly successful people, uh, even millionaires who are not happy because they don't even consider themselves successful. So it's really very important to acknowledge every success that you have daily on a daily basis, small, large, in between, it doesn't matter the size, but what is success to you? Um, I know for me, when I was grieving, success for me was, you know, getting up in the morning and, and going for a walk and, you know, really being present. Um, there's, there's so many ways to have success in one's life, but it's important to acknowledge the steps, the milestones, the leaps along the way. And the way that I work with people is to go after a goal, a dream, a desire, something that is calling you inside and start aiming for the, what might be considered the impossible, because once you aim in that direction and you set yourself up, I help people set up a strategic plan along the way, but I tell people design your messy. It's not about perfectionism. It's about, you know, when a baby learns to walk, they fall down and they pick themselves up and they keep on going. And a lot of people, it's the subconscious mind that needs to be uh, reprogrammed. The, so I work with rewiring the brain, which is when we're stuck in our programs and neural pathways are locked into grooves in our brain. And that just creates behavior that we repeat over and over and over again, because the brain wants the path to least resistance. It doesn't want to have to work hard. It's conserving energy. And the subconscious mind is really impacting about 95% of our behaviors. And that's where a lot of our ancestral programming is, our heritage, our parenting, our teachers, our peers, our experiences. And so from that, we've given meaning to our experiences and we've given meaning to belief systems that we adopted along the way, right? Because between birth and the age of seven, we don't have the ability to rationalize. So we're just adopting everybody else's beliefs around us. But once you go after something outside your comfort zone, once you start seeking the greatness inside of you, that's when these beliefs will start to surface because to access what is underneath, what's in the subconscious mind is not that easy to bring to the conscious level. But when you go after something uncomfortable, then they're called paradigms. These are the patterns that you've developed in your life. We've all got them. And the paradigms show up in a way that they try to sabotage you. Um, they try to claim that you're an imposter. And the, you know, fear, doubt, worry is automatically going to show up. But I show people how to work with anxiety, work with fear, work with terror, work with the 
you know, the concept of there's two opposing identities within you. There's the old self and the new self. And so the old self wants to hang on for dear life. And then the new self is really wanting to create something new for dear life. And there's a big battle going on inside. And that creates a lot of anxiety in people. Yeah, absolutely. And Barbara, I'm fascinated to ask you, how do you think we can construct sort of a pathway to prosperity because it's different for all of us, isn't it? So how do you think is the best way to construct that pathway towards prosperity? That's a great question, Kevin. You know, and again, prosperity is different for everyone, just like success is different for everyone. You know, the consciousness of somebody earning $50,000 a year is not the same consciousness as somebody earning 150000 a year. So how do you close that gap? It's really through desire. How, you know, how badly do you want something? And so I know for myself, when I was in, a, you know, an artist, I was a struggling artist because I had absolutely no focus on money. I just want to follow my dreams and the money will come. I no longer believe that. I, I believe that there needs to be an exchange of currency, of energy you know if somebody's a paralegal and they come to me and they want to make a million dollars it's not necessarily going to be as a paralegal but there are ways to start focusing on abundance and focusing on growth and you know and building a consciousness that elevates the frequency the um the alignment the you know agreement that you're worth more and when you start to understand it's about self-worth, when you realize that your worth, you, you know, I, I help people grow their self-worth to grow their net worth. And when you start realizing and owning your talents and not taking them for granted and seeking, you know, the abundance in your life, then it's about putting it in your mind and repeating it over and over and over and over and over and over again to eradicate the limited belief that one, you're not enough, you're not worthy enough, or that you don't know how to make more money, or that you come from a family of, you know, lower income, poor economic status, whatever it is, and that there's nothing wrong with wanting more, seeking more, having more. It's just who do you have to be? What's your identity, you know, in order to have that? And most people miss that the, the the missing link really is the desire and emotionalizing the desire and moving it into the body through action. And a lot of people think that they can just dream it and it will come. Um, I did a lot of work on my dream, but I didn't ask for my worth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, based on your personal experience of uh, tragedy and and in life, I'm curious if you believe that there's a link between um, self-reflection and self-improvement. Do you think those two things are interconnected? Absolutely. I think that it's really important. You know, it's um, when you're working on yourself and you're growing yourself, it's important to meditate, to relax and to just sink into your heart 
versus, you know, creating from the logical mind, from the conscious mind, and to listen deeply and to be um, intuitive, to listen to your intuition. I work with a lot of people, PhDs, for example, who don't have jobs, because they're so much in their logical mind, they're in their information. But what's created in let's say the outer reality is really aligning with an emotion and an emotional heart-centered desire and sinking that desire into constant repetition into you know somebody who has is a millionaire and has a millionaire uh, result what's their mindset who are they being how are they behaving what got them there and that's through as you said you know in the, your question it's resiliency it's discipline it's commitment it's navigating you know the desire if you want it you know then you can believe it and then create the character of that person who has that abundance how does that start to show up in, in your behavior, in your life? What do you do differently? I always say to people, if you keep doing things the same way, you're going to keep getting the same result. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to go back to something you said earlier about creating a strategic plan in your life. So, so as, as we've been discussing, obviously that's, that's different from uh, for all people, but I, I'm sure that there are, are principles that are the same because, Barbara, you know, I always tell people that we make time for the priorities that are important to us, right? So let's talk about creating a, strateg a strategic plan for life and what goes into that. Well, you know, it's uh, a lot of people will work with what's called SMART goals. You know, you know what a SMART goal is? Yes. Right. So it's specific, measurable, achievable, reliable, and timeable. Um, I don't believe in starting with smart goals. I believe in, you know, create that goal outside of the comfort zone, something you've never done before, something that really motivates you to get into action and something that really excites you and scares you at the same time. Once you land on what that is for you, then the smart goals are you know, part of the strategic plan. And so let's say you have a three-year vision and the three-year vision is to, you know, own a vineyard in Tuscany, you know, and you're nowhere near even knowing how to do that. And then the strategic plan is to just break it down and reverse engineer, you know, year three, what does it look like? Year two, what does it look like? Year one, you know, what do you, you need to do? Where do you need to be? Who do you need to be? And then we get more granular. And when we get granular, we use the SMART goals into, you know, what's your 90-day sprint? What's the goal that you're going to achieve in 90 days? You know, what's the goal that you're going to achieve in uh, one week? And what are the specific action steps that you're going to take daily, you know, to move you toward that week long goal, that month long goal. And then, you know, it's, it's like, if I'm designing a production, um, it's going to start with, you know, choosing what's, you know, what's the material I'm going to use? How far out is it going to be? Where am I going to present it? You know, and then, reverse engineering to understand that what are some of the first steps. And so for somebody who wants to have a, uh, you know, um, a vineyard in Tuscany, it just starts with, you know, research. Let's start there. And then from the research, 
listen to the information from the information, listen to how badly and how excited are you still invested. And then from there, I, I tell people that most people are on what's called a goal line, you know, from A to B to Z versus in this kind of work and owning, you know, a new identity or creating a new identity, you start to close the gap between where you are and where you want to go. And it starts to come to you and it starts to meet you in the middle because you start to get information. And when you're open to it, the opportunities, the people, the places, the events start to show up. It's just a matter of whether you're listening or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Barbara, in my view, that one of the greatest gifts that we, we can ever be given in life is the ability to live life, but life, as you know, isn't infinite for all of us. We will eventually all have an exploration date, and I, I always tell people that it's important to maximize the moment of opportunity. So under that context, how do you think people can take personal development and ownership of their own life uh, seriously so that they can maximize their potential? Well, you know, not everybody even knows what it is that they want. So it's to start paying attention to, you know, what excites you, what, um, you know, what might be a dream inside of you. And when you make a decision, it starts with making a committed decision that you're going to do something. You know, for example, I have a desire to live half of the year in Los Angeles and the other half in Spain. It's a three-year plan. You know, and so to maximize my potential, it's who do I have to be now to create that and to, you know, set up my steps and success through mindset, through, you know, research, through taking action. Um, I'm going to a conference this weekend on, you know, how to buy property overseas. So it's, you know, it's being curious. It's to maximize your potential and to discover those parts of yourself, um, whatever that dream is, make a list, you know, of personal wants, make a list of professional wants. Don't let money, time, limitations get in the way. Fantasize. Most people are, are using their imaginations, Kevin, against themselves. You know, one of our greatest God-given gifts is our imagination. And a lot of people use imagination to tear themselves down, to, to look at the, you know, the obvious, to look at what's in front of their nose, their circumstances, their conditions, their limitations, and accept that as the truth. But you can start to create a new reality and a new truth through commitment, through making a decision. If you want to, you know, finally take that trip to Paris, book the flight, you know, book the hotel room. The, the money will show up if you're really excited and want it badly enough. And when you make those lists, you know, look at a couple of things that pop up for you. You know, when I work with people in my program, thinking into results. Uh, at, for example, I worked with a 72-year-old woman and she wanted to lose weight. That was one of her personal goals, but she knows how to lose weight. She knows how to hire a, um, a coach and a trainer. And so when I found out that she was really um, in admiration of Ernestine Shepard, who's like an 86-year-old bodybuilder, I said to her, well, how about joining a bodybuilding competition? And she said, I'm in. I said, but it's not 
you know, enough of a stretch goal for you until you find the, the competition, sign up for it and pay for it. And when she did that, she had her pink fuchsia bikini. She had her tanning spray. She was in the gym every day at five o'clock in the morning. She can now hold a plank longer than her trainer. So that kind of, you know, determination and excitement and enthusiasm and being held accountable. I can't stress enough how accountable, how much accountability really, really matters when you it's the easiest thing to say you want something and to go against yourself. But when you commit to somebody else that you're going to do something, it increases your commitment level. She also wanted to write a book and she had been writing for 25 years. And I said, it's not enough of a stretch. So I challenged her to have her first draft of her book written in three months and to send out invitations to her friends that she would read her first draft in her living room in three months time. And that's exactly what ended up happening. But it wasn't a commitment until she sent out the invitations. As soon as she sent out the invitations and set a date, then she was committed to 20 of her friends. And that created momentum. And there's nothing like momentum. And a lot of people um, shy away from momentum. And But it's to have a Awareness. It all starts with awareness and to grow awareness into what are the voices inside your head? What are you giving attention to? What are you giving focus to? What are you accepting, you know, as the so-called truth? Because, you know, a lot of people don't like the concept of fake it till you make it. And I say, create the character of your movie and become that character. And a lot of people will say, well, that's a, a form of faking it. And I just say, well, you're faking it anyway when you keep telling yourself lies about your potential. Well, that that's very true, and, and uh, Barbara, I'm fascinated to follow up just before I ask you about your programs with a two-part question. And the first part of that question is: How do you think the urgency of the moment can propel people to act? And the second part of that question is is based on your personal experience and your professional. Uh, arena i'm curious to ask you whether you think adversity can be a springboard for prosperity and resiliency as well yeah that's a great uh question kevin it's fascinating to you know a lot of people come to me for help when they're already at the crisis point and it's the crisis point, which is the point where people just say, I'm sick and tired or, you know, like the movie network, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And realizing that something needs to shift, that something needs to change. Um, then there are people who realize that they're stagnant and know that they're stuck and they feel lost and they're beating themselves up for not not creating more in their lives. And that's when... You know, people need to have support and to reach out and to, you know, take the adversity, dig deep, as you said earlier, and to recognize that you have to take 100% responsibility for your life. When you're in victim stance, when you're in victim mode, which is really living by your circumstances and your conditions and seeking approval outside yourself, you're pretty much going to be a victim. Um, 
And until you take 100% responsibility for your life, for your thinking, for your actions, for your feelings, then it's not going to change. But then the issue really becomes the dedication to the process, to the journey, to understanding, just like a torpedo, if you're aiming in a direction of a dream or a target or a goal, to know that the solution exists. A lot of people are stuck on the problem instead of seeking the solution to the problem. But for every problem, there's a solution. It already exists. And so we create problems in order to find that solution. And to find that solution, sometimes we need this adversity. We need to, um, you know, be in a you know, a moment of stress or shift or something is changing or needs to change because the feelings are, you know, not at a high vibration. They're not in a feeling good place. And I say to a lot of my clients, even when they have success, you know, it's not long after that they may not feel good. And I say, how long can you let yourself feel good? Because really it's, you know, to be happy and to find happiness is to be in gratitude for what you have and yet hold a positive expectation for the future, letting go of how it's going to look. Just aim with desire and understand that there's going to be obstacles. If you decide that you're going to climb Mount Everest, there's preparation that goes on. There's training that goes on. There's buying the right equipment that goes on. There's getting the right help. You know, there's practicing on lower mountains. There's, you know, and the resiliency to reach the top. The people who reach the top are the ones who look for the solution. The obstacle is going to appear for all of us. And what does it take inside, you know, to navigate around that obstacle, through that obstacle, under that obstacle, and to be in the, know that there's a solution. And for every question that we ask, there's an answer. And inside every question is the answer. So it's the quality of questions that we ask, and it's asking powerful questions of ourselves. And to to look at, you know, if somebody else is achieving or you admire somebody else it's to take responsibility that that means it's important to you and what are you going to do about it and a lot of people think that they have to take big giant steps well you're not going to run a marathon just because you have an idea that you want to run a marathon you're going to start taking steps right and i call it a three-foot toss what are the chances that if you play a game of horseshoes for the very first time that you're going to hit a post 20 feet out, you know, so bring that post three feet in front of you, hit that post, grow confident that you've hit the post, keep practicing until it feels like you understand it well. And then what happens when we start to get to that place, we get bored again, or we want more challenge. We are motivated by growth. You know, we're constantly just like a flower in need of growth. We seek the light. And so how do we set ourselves up for what's the next post? And then when you put it another three feet out, now you're six feet out and you practice until you hit it and you grow more confident and you grow, you know, more excited and you keep it's it's kind of, you know, like Florence Schwinn says in the game of life, it's the game of life. And are you willing to play the game? And I play all kinds of games with my brain to trick my brain, you know, and it's to recognize patterns 
and to recognize where a pattern is not serving you. There are great patterns that we have from, you know, getting good sleep, eating habits, exercise, and, you know, mindfulness, meditation, all of that. But then there are patterns that really hold us back. And it's to recognize what is that pattern, whether it's watching TV, you know, excessively at night or, you know, being on social media or being distracted and multitasking. And what are you going to do to change that pattern and change those habits? Because I say our habits is what creates our personal reality, which is our personality. So our personality is a combination of our habits and behaviors that over time build our results. And so that goes into grooves and neural pathways that keep repeating themselves and we go on autopilot. So it's a constant daily process of shaking up autopilot, doing something scary every day to teach your subconscious mind that you're not going to die because that's what the subconscious is holding on to. It's holding on to the familiarity of what you already know. It doesn't like humiliation. It doesn't like embarrassment. It doesn't like, you know, the past mistakes. So it's really trying to protect us from the unknown. But everything we want, Kevin, is in the unknown. So to strategize, I say, design your messy Go for getting outside the comfort zone. Do something scary every day. Recognize one or two habits a month that you can change, you know, to be um, more on top of your growth and, you know, find whatever it takes to shift those neural pathways. So I make commitments to myself. You know, if I say I'm not going to do something, I lean into it and say, do it. If I find I feel resistance, I lean into it. I go underneath the resistance and understand it's just fear or it's my subconscious holding on to familiarity. And then I challenge myself to do it. You know, if I see that I'm leaving a cup everywhere around the house and it just keeps hanging there, you know, until there's many, many, many cups and I want to change that behavior. I make a commitment that when I see it, if I say I'll do it later, Whenever I hear myself say I do it later, I've got a commitment to myself that that means now. So I switch the meaning and then I trick my brain and then I get it done now. And it that becomes a new pattern, that becomes a new habit, and that creates momentum. And then that creates a new result. Absolutely. There's nothing like uh, executing and seizing a moment, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Barbara, you've alluded to this, uh, some of your previous answers, but I'll give you uh, the, the floor to tell me about your signature pro- programs you've entitled Act Your Way to Success and your genius code and walk. So I'm wondering if you can tell me about those uh, two signature programs and what uh, sets them apart as well. Well, I have the Act Your Way to Success program is really about creating a new identity. So it's, you know, getting clear on purpose, vision, and um, what your goal, that stretch goal is, and then learning how to use your imagination to create the, the new identity. And from there, writing out a script that you then embody through action, acting out the script and, you know, and sharing it in a group where everybody takes part in what is this new identity. So um, it's using processes of visualization, motor imaging, and um, doing some strategy, doing some belief busting to create 
the the character this being the star player of your own movie and who do you have to be and understanding you know what are the patterns that you need to change and new patterns you need to create your genius code unlocked is a brainwave entrainment program where it's again finding that stretch goal and looking at six areas in your life from health wealth, career, um, spirituality, contribution to the world, and relationships, and designing your desire in each of those categories, and then scripting it and writing it out in a way that is present tense, and, um, you know, closing the gap between where you are and your future self. So it's creating a future identity, and then using brainwave entrainment, which is really slowing down your brainwaves to get to the delta level. So we're in beta right now. Alpha is when we're in a more relaxed state where we can receive messages and be more open. Theta is when we're sleeping and we're going into, that's where like hypnosis can really induce new suggestions. And Delta is like the deepest level, you know, and it's the slowest brainwave frequency. And so the brainwave entrainment takes these messages and using binaural beats, it crosses the corpus callosum of the brain so that the two hemispheres are engaging in accepting the truth or accepting that. See, whatever we tell ourselves, whether or not it's a lie, subconscious is accepting it as the truth. So why not create the truth you want? And then I also have the program Thinking Into Results, which is a three-month mastermind where we get together as a group and create that stretch goal and navigate through habits and patterns and paradigms and the you know fears and anxieties and and become the leader of yourself so the personal development part is you know who are you being as a leader and then how are you creating you know the results that you want and then living it and staying consistent with it because part of the issue for most people is sustaining not just sustaining but growing and continuing to grow yeah absolutely and you know Barbara, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you this afternoon is we uh, share a mutual love for theater and uh, television. So I orig originally went to school to get a, a communications degree, and I minored in musical theater in high school. So I'm curious to ask you how that portion of your life, your time in theater, film, and television, sort of impacted your own life and, and impact and impacted the work that you do now as a coach so oh, how, how does that uh, translate to your current and past identity well i love that question you know i i don't know i always say i came out of the womb wanting to be an actor and uh, but i was in a family that didn't quite understand who I was being or what I needed. And um, so I just kept on insisting and pushing and asking and seeking, 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 you know, how I could express that part of myself until eventually um, I became, I went to undergrad with a specialization in drama and education and creative dramatics. I taught 25 drama classes a week. I ran a theater company, my own theater company, where I started directing. And then my directing, you know, led to, um, before I was 30, I had a show at the Kennedy Center. I, But I was just very driven by, one, I trying to make money to survive to do my art. And so I really worked um, 
a lot. I worked a lot. And, but I wasn't compensated. And I knew that there was something wrong. Um, I, you know, with, with what I was paid for my show at the Kennedy Center, I was paid $400. And I thought, there's something not right here. So I thought, well, I'll become a theater professor. So I applied to several universities and I got into the University of, uh, at, well, UCLA got my master's in directing and applied to over 250 universities. And I didn't hear back from one. And again, I was seeking um, steadiness. I was seeking security while doing my art and doing my craft, but that wasn't in the cards. Um, I, you know, was fortunate enough to land um, a gig, as we say in the industry with the Olsen twins. And I was their personal acting coach for 10 years. My aim was to direct. And, uh, you know, there were opportunities uh, along the way, but it became complicated. I had a acting academy where a lot of my young babies are, are now big stars. And um, but I, I realized, Kevin, that I wasn't teaching people how to act. Um, I was teaching people mindset. I was teaching people how to think. I was teaching people how to be. I was teaching people how to respond versus react. I was teaching people how to uh, feel empowered with their decisions and for people to make their own choices instead of relying on everybody else's opinion. Um, and so a lot of these young people were able to navigate through the industry um, as a result of, you know, I know if somebody had taught me that it was okay to make mistakes, I was, I'm a recovering perfectionist. If it was okay to, you know, fail and move, you know, to a different learning. And when I went to UCLA, I had the desire to fail and to make mistakes, to let myself grow, to not be so perfect. Um, and it was very painful for a couple of years until I had in my, the end of my second year, I had a very successful production. Um, and I would not have been able to have done that had I not spent a couple of years seeking failure, growing myself, and realizing that that is what it needed in order for me to create a new identity, a new level of confidence. Um, and then when I lost my husband, that was, I was at the end of a 10 year, um, contract with the twins and it just didn't feel right for me to be in the industry anymore so I went on a journey to discover you know what um what was next and that what's next phase is a challenging time and I realized that I needed help. And when I sought help, I studied in a master's program in spiritual psychology. I certified in a quantum success coaching academy. And I had no intention of coaching, Kevin. I just started having to work with people in order to certify. And I started seeing results that were quite um, miraculous in many ways and started seeing that human potential and tapping into human potential really started with one's own responsibility. And I also saw in that space, in the mind development and personal development mindset space, that really people were not connecting to their emotions. So I started to use my acting experience, my directing experience to help people drop into their hearts, to drop into spirit, to be in the spirit of life, to um, to be a character and to live the character until they felt that they were the character, that they are that person, that they 
are the truth of who they want to be. And it's just like when we believe the best actors is because they own the part, because they are the part, because they be the part. And that's what we have to do in order to shake up our paradigm and our cultural experience of where we've come from, our family patterns, all of that is to really step into a new identity. And that's how I started to use my past to help people feel because I I believe that the missing link from you know, what you want in your life and what you think you want in your life and designing your thoughts is feeling. That's the missing link. It's getting it into your body, which then moves it into action. Yeah, and, and Barbara, I know one of your top priorities in life is philanthropy and we're working with that to achieve success. So how do you think giving back and success are interconnected? Absolutely. Um, you know, at one time, in my limited mind, even around money, um, I would be upset, you know, that somebody spent a lot of money on a pair of pants. You know, I, I always would say being Canadian, I had a socialistic upbringing. Um, but I, I came to realize that somebody who could spend, you know, a lot of money on a pair of pants was a, a person who could also contribute a lot of money to, to a village or to a community or to um, some effort, you know, to, for homelessness or whatever charity that they wanted to contribute to, pet rescue, whatever, and or contributing back to your alma mater, you know, where you went to school, whatever it is, takes, you know, having an abundance mindset and being consistent with giving back and to give back without expecting anything in return, having givers gain is really when you have, you know, developed your own abundance. And from there, that's where philanthropy can start to spread and even, you know, shift the minds of, you know, people in a, a limited mindset. Yeah. And Barbara, I've got two uh, more questions for you. Uh, and the first has to do with why I wanted to start my podcast in the first place. So, Barbara, I started this podcast uh, shortly before or during the pandemic. And I said, I said to myself, there has to be more that binds us together instead of tearing us apart. And I wanted to create a space where people felt like we were building more bridges of unity and understanding. You don't always have to agree with people that you surround yourself with, but if we can get to a greater place of understanding, I think the gap of division would be closed faster. So I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the state of society today and how we create more bridges of unity. Well, that's a quite a question. <laughs> you know, I do believe that we are all one. And, um, you know, in an ocean, it's not just one drop, right? There's We're all a drop that makes that ocean. I do believe that a lot of the, the social issues and the social problems are a result of living in ego identity. And ego is, you know, a lower 
connection, a lower energy of survival, right? It's living for self in a way that is a result of fear. Um, You know, it's the fight, flight, or freeze response. And I think that tapping into, you know, a higher power, a higher source, a higher connectivity, energy, and that we all have energy and that when who we're entangled with is going to impact our energy. So um, hang out with people who are positive and hang out with people who do believe in the impossible and hang out with people who do believe in dreams. And a lot of people that I work with that once they start changing people around them, start asking them, what are they doing? And then they start to get on board. And then when they start to get on board, they impact the next person and the next person impacts the next person. It's the butterfly effect. Um, But it's to stay committed and to be seen if you're not seen. So congratulations on doing the podcast because you're making yourself visible. You're making yourself, you know, known. And if you're not known, you we can all sit in a bubble and, you know, dream about a better world and a better place. But unless we reach out and connect and understand that it's not about judgment. And what I I really work with with people is that when you're in judgment of others, it's really a part of yourself that you're judging. So to have compassion for that part in yourself, grow that part of yourself, and then start to listen differently, start to accept and get out of ego and tap into the higher parts of yourself, not just the earthbound part, not just the ego that's in fear or the subconscious to understand the subconscious is also a protector to keep us at a level of familiarity and to use the imagination the conscious mind is really the 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 focus it's it well the primary function of the conscious mind is to focus and choose focus and choose focus and choose because you know energy is coming into us thoughts are coming into us whether it's our own imaginations and you know or that we listen to somebody or we see something or you know it's what we do with the thought that matters and how we express you know, that matters whether or not we're going to give energy to um, the negative or the positive. And having a positive mindset lifts the energy and lifts and neuroscience is showing this all over the place. You know, when we're in a negative space, we're actually exploding neurons in our brains. And when we're in a highly creative place, our neurons are growing. So it's to stay consistent with creativity and growth and spirituality and connectivity and being heart-centered and kind and compassionate and dedicating oneself to what are the things that are going to keep you in a better mood from your sleep and your eating and your kindness to yourself, you know, and then I think from that place, um, it takes awareness and consciousness, you know, and awareness is where it starts. And then from there, if, you know, we'll keep dedicating if we keep dedicating to that level of you know connectivity there will be a ripple effect but we need more and more people to do that yeah absolutely and you know barbara i know you live out there in la now but i know that you're originally canadian so tell me uh what's your favorite part about being canadian and what do you miss most about living back home (laughs) well first of all i don't miss the weather as i mentioned to you earlier Mm -hmm. um 
But with Canadians, well, you know, implicitly I have a trust and um, that I think um, we are a, a very polite society and um, which can work for us or against us, you know, um, being polite and kind and becomes, a, a, you know, I think there's a lot of us that become caretakers as a result of that, you know, um, but I just, I really miss the genuine friendliness. Um, there's friendliness here and kindness here. It's not to negate, you know, uh, the life I live here in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm very, um, in, in a lot of gratitude for what I've created. And, but I miss, um, you know, the joie de vivre of Montreal. I miss the, the French Canadian culture. Um, and just the, the, the spirit of life that I feel there. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, Barbara, my final question has to do with your own personal and professional legacy and how you want that to be defined. And also, when you think about the word inclusion for all, what comes to mind for you? Well, inclusion for all includes diversity, includes, um, I consider myself a global citizen. And it's, you know, there's different races, there's different cultures, there's different religions. And to to live with harmony and acceptance and to understand that, you know, we all have, it's, it's, I study epigenetics. We all grew up in different environments and different cultures with different belief systems in different parts of the world. And to, before judging anybody, to maybe understand, you know, where somebody is from or what their culture is or what their beliefs are. And to, um, you know, not impose your own belief system uh, and to be inclusive in a way that is more curious or more understanding and not limiting through judgment. I, I really feel, Kevin, that judgment is the worst enemy that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at your own personal and professional legacy, how do you want that uh, to be defined? Well, I want it to be defined that I've helped a lot of people grow into the better version of themselves and that, you know, people have received um, more abundance and prosperity, awareness, and are more um, excited about who they are being and what they are creating. And that these people go on and share with others the same and to, you know, continue dreaming and to continue being playful and curious and to continue seeking the light. And that the people, when I speak on stage, that everybody is shining their light. And that's what I want people to do most. Being curious is the best, isn't it? It's the best. Absolutely. And Barbara, tell me, uh, finally, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that? They can go to my website, www.barbaradouse.com, or they could go to the code to success.com. And um, I have a free PDF on scripting your own life that they can download, or they can book a complimentary session with me where I can help strategize some next steps. Well, fabulous, Barbara. I really enjoy, enjoyed our extensive conversation about 
personal development, success, and personal growth. Your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for engaging and giving me the, uh, the privilege of engaging in conversation with you this afternoon. It's most appreciated. Oh, you're so welcome, Kevin. It's been a pleasure.